So this is uh, Trevor Page, the founder of SurveyToSale.com, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. It's my podcast I set up about three quarters of a year ago now. And this is episode 51, and we've had a great list of guests that join us. So if you're an indie app developer, a business owner, an entrepreneur, or just someone generally interested in hearing the journeys of others to improve your own journey, then this is the podcast that can help you. Now, in all of those episodes, I've had one or two little glitches, but I've managed to get every single episode out. And of course, I get a major glitch when I bring on a top podcaster, someone who was nominated as uh, the best new show for the Stitcher Awards and someone who has had just a wonderful list of guests on his podcast. His name is Michael O'Neill. If you go to your podcast app and just look up the Solopreneur Hour with Michael O'Neill or go to the website or go to the website solopreneurhour.com Com, that's solopreneurhour.com. You'll find out all about my next guest who has a long list of really envious guests. Uh, I mean, as I'm recording this, I can see that he's had uh, Joel Com. Uh, he's uh, an amazing speaker and real business pioneer in the internet and mobile space. Uh, he's had Pat Flynn. He's really interviewed some of the, the best and most brightest entrepreneurs and solopreneurs around the world and he now joins me on the app guy podcast but unfortunately i had a glitch and i only found this out after recording the episode that my recording my side which i i couldn't hear but it was just unplayable and let me give you just a quick snippet of what it sounded like Great, and there you go. I made my first boo-boo already with the uh, music playing twice there. So I, I feel nervous talking to you. You're such a, a, a great podcaster, and uh, I've been listening to the episodes. Um... So obviously, I can't use uh, my audio, but it's such a great episode. I did want to get it out for you. I think you'll learn an enormous amount from Michael, and I really do think that he came up with some really interesting ideas for apps and that makes it relevant to us. And so I want to carry on with the episode. And so I thought what I'll do is I will uh, narrate the discussion so that you'll understand what the context was that he was talking about. Um, But I'll play mostly Michael's uh, recording. And uh, I appreciate Michael being such a great sport, letting me release this episode. And uh, obviously apologize for the fact that uh, it's not the usual podcast recording. But the show must go on, and uh, I think you'll find it's just as enjoyable anyway. So let me, and so let me start the episode right now, and I think you'll find that it's a really fantastic episode, and appreciate Michael for joining me. So I asked Michael what drives him to release so many episodes via podcasts, and and what keeps driving him to do that. 
At some point, I realized a few years ago that I was completely unemployable. That was, uh, I, I realized, I, I knew too much about being an entrepreneur. And just because I'd done the reading, I read some of the great books and surrounded myself with some people that, that uh, I saw that were living a really kind of an amazing life of time and financial freedom. And with that knowledge, it was almost impossible to go kind of punch the clock and go to work for a regular place anymore. And thus I became what I call unemployable and, but in a good way. And I'm, I'm what the, I, I'm proudly unemployable now. And <laughs> when I sort of have this, um, this mindset, and I think there's a lot of people that can relate to not, not feeling, um, hundred percent committed to their job and to their, to their careers that they've chosen, even though they've gone to school for it. And it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> I think those people are, um, they sort of find themselves becoming unemployable as well. And then they're left with, well, what do I do now? And that's hopefully where my show comes in, where I sort of bring these people on that were at that position where they discovered that they didn't want to be there anymore. And then what they did to become successful outside of that environment. And for that, it really drives me. And I, you know, for me, there's a lot of really great successful people to feature. And um, from a timing standpoint, I wanted it to be, you know, a few shows a week. So I decided on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, lately, um, I, a lot of my inspiration has come from, I have a, a, a group mastermind called Solo Lab. And I get, um, I get a lot of inspiration from them. And because I'm actually watching their journey day by day and seeing what they're struggling with. So sometimes I like to bring guests on that complement that. For me, um, one of the biggest most important, if not the most important piece of really anything as a solopreneur is branding. Uh, and, and I think people don't spend enough time understanding what, what your brand, how much work it does for you. So they're like, oh, I just need a logo. And they think of a company name and they think of a logo, but they don't realize that the, the, the promise of a brand uh, it really is just that. It's what what you're promising to your audience should be readily apparent the first time they glance at your your logo or your website or whatever you're putting out, whatever's in your identity, which is all part of your brand, or they hear your show, they should instantly know what you promise to leave them with. And if they don't, that means you have to do some work on a brand, your brand. And people don't spend enough time um, in this very solopreneurial space paying enough attention to that. So what ha what happens then is they don't have they don't end up with the credibility that they deserve because they're really good at what they do or they don't attract the audience that they intend to because not, nothing in their branding either relates to it, meaning that like they haven't chosen the right colors or the right feel or they haven't identified their target market well enough. And um, that ultimately leads into that sort of demise of their their company and their or solopreneurial endeavors. So I really pay a lot of attention to that. Make some comments about the millennial generation and ask Michael to flesh out branding a little bit more. Well, what are you promising to deliver your customer? I mean, ultimately, that's the, you have to start, the, first you have to figure out who your customer is. I mean, really who they are. We, we call it uh, defining your avatar. And that avatar is, okay, I'm looking, you know, my, like, who's your ideal customer? Think of it that way. Think of all the people you've ever worked with in your whole career. And you think of that one that was like so awesome. You, it was so easy to work with. They paid you the most money. You felt the greatest when you worked for them. Like you were inspired to work for those people. That's your ideal customer. So 
when you can say, okay, that's the case. That was John. He's 45 years old. He lives here. He's got two kids. He makes this much money per year. Like you really have to break it down. And then once you've done that, you can decide, okay, I need to create something for John. John is my ideal, perfect target customer. So let me start thinking about how to cater to him. What are, what colors does he like? What field does he like? Is he a, is he like a techie guy or does he like going, does he like that vibe of like micro breweries? So that, that kind of bottle beer label vibe, like you can start really defining what the face of your company is based on the people you're trying to attract to it. But you can't do any of that if you don't know who you're trying to attract. So I make the observation to Michael that how can we get known as a brand given the amount of competition in the app store? Well, I think you you have a lot of clues and a lot of indicators out in the public, which is, you know, who 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 are the gamers? Who plays the games? Who are the ones that like productivity apps? Who are the ones that are really niche based? Like like I have an app that that's it, always been in my brain for um for car enthusiasts and like people that are, are part of car clubs and things like that. And I've got it all mapped out in my brain. I've never created it or, or, you know, even, even gone down any road of creation, but I can, I can identify that customer pretty well. I mean, I know who they are. And if you, if you start, you know, if you know that like the gamers of the world are, you know, you can create little kids games, you can create older kids games, you can create board office people games. You know, think about that game where you had to like um, crunch up the piece of paper and throw it in the trash can. Like how many people in an office played that game? So you already have a general idea of who you can talk and market to. Paper toss. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's geared towards, you know, anybody that likes the movie Office Space, right? I mean, that's you, you have a pretty good definition. You don't just create an app out of the blue. You know, you, you have to have some idea of who you want to play the thing. And what they and what they what their interests are. So this is where I was getting a little bit hung up on the concept of being removed from the users of our apps because of the platform of being an app developer. And when we put apps on the app store, that we just don't know uh, to some extent who is actually downloading the app. We don't get you know particularly good uh, data on this and. Uh, we're somewhat removed from the users of our apps. And Michael reminded me that no business knows ultimately who their customers are uh, on an intricate level and not to get too hung up on this. Yeah, I, 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 again, I wouldn't get hung up on that. I think you're, 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 you, it, I don't talk to every single person that buys my social media training course, but I built it for a specific type of person and unquestionably built it for that person. I know, and it, you don't, you have to have an idea who you're going to speak to on a podcast. You know that the people that are, you're targeting for this podcast are other people that are interested in app development and that are people interested in that world, meaning that your brand, <clears throat> excuse me, brand around that and your, I mean, you, you, you could probably define your avatar, which you should, for this podcast. I mean, it's, it's no different. And you don't have personal interaction with every single person that listens to the show. It's so that that part doesn't really matter that whatever the platform is, uh, what I'm saying is regardless of platform, you have to build your your product or service with a person in mind, like your ideal person. So if you are an app developer and you think, OK, I'm going to make this productivity app, my person is going to be, I don't know, 
probably in their 30s because people in their 20s aren't like really super interested in how hyper productive they can become in the office. So let's say 30 to 50 years old, they have a full-time job. They don't have a lot of time because they got two kids and they're running around. So I need to be able to X, Y, Z with this productivity app in the easiest way possible for them. And that's, that's how you define it. I mean, yeah, if you, you know, I, I just did the same thing with, um, I downloaded a new app on my iPhone called Cal, C-A-L. And it's such a great calendar app. Um, I, I have it on my phone. I have it right next to my Apple calendar, which I, I pretty much live by anymore because my, my days are so busy now between interviewing people, being interviewed, and then doing all kinds of coaching calls that my days are slammed. But so I kind of live and die by my app, my, my, my calendar app. And this one's just a beautifully well done calendar app. And I can't re I even remember why I heard it. I, I read it on some blog somewhere and I was like, oh, I'll try that. And I love it. I love its notification sounds. I love how it sort of flows through the day. It tells me when my free time is without me having to do the calculations in my head. So like they built that app for me. They built the app for someone who maybe was super busy, didn't have a lot of love for the standard Apple iCal kind of app um, and wanted a better, more beautiful user experience. You know, that's a good place to start. I think if you're an app developer. So this is my favorite bit where I ask Michael what phone he carries and perhaps he can recommend some apps for us. Well, I mean, in terms of like, uh, I, I think that uh, most of the apps I'm going to suggest are, are standards. I mean, I can't get through my life without Evernote. Um, Songza lately has been my best friend. Um, I, I know it's in, I, it's in North America. I'm not sure if it's there yet, but, um, it's a, it's an app that you probably could type the way you probably could go to songza.com first and see if it's available. But what, what's really cool about it is that it has a built-in concierge service. So what it, ha what happens is you, you open the app and I just opened it right now in front of me and it says it's Thursday afternoon. Play music for, and it gives me six choices. Working, no lyrics. Working in an office with a little in parentheses SFW or safe for work. Uh, keeping calm and mellow. Brand new music. Driving and working to a beat. So those are my six options. And I, can, I always click working, no lyrics, because I get very, I'm really super ADD. And the only way for me to really stay focused now is to listen to some good like ambient music in the background, and then I can really hyper-focus. No lyrics, kind of a good bass line, sometimes not like dum dum dum, but but with a good kind of flow. Um, so anyway, I clicked working no lyrics, and this thing comes up and it says, to help you focus, we'll play music without lyrics, just pick a genre. So I, my choices are focus-enhancing soundscapes, ambient, electronic, experimental soundscapes, jazz masters, and acoustic guitar. So I click on ambient and then I end up studying with either electronic study ambient or ambient bass or ambient music for reading. And those are like, and for me, first of all, I love the concierge feel of it. I love walking. It's stepping me through my, my energy right now and how I'm feeling versus like one person I want to listen to, which is kind of what Pandora does. You pick, Hey, I want to listen to John Mayer. And it just starts playing everybody that's like John Mayer. Um, but this, for me, I can, I can honestly say that this app has made me a more productive business person. Um, and then I like the one, uh, I like Lyft, which is the one that Tim Ferriss invested in. Um, and that is sort of a daily accountability kind of app. So I asked Michael if he has an app idea. 
I mean, I have an app idea. Like I said, I have one that I, that I've not done anything with that I would love to. Um, yeah, if you guys make this, just give me some, give me a little byline of credit and make sure that I get a free version when it comes out. What I want to do is I'm a, I'm a car enthusiast. I have a vintage, uh, Porsche that I restored. So I love driving around like in the mountains, uh, first of Colorado where I used to live in now in Southern California. And <clears throat> what I want to do is each little car club and each little, um, you know, a, a group of enthusiasts has their own favorite drives, their own routes that they take that are like the enthusiast drives. And so I want to be able to map out those drives so that when I go to a new area, I can just fire my app up and see which great, like this one's a scenic drive. This one's for speed. Like this is a good little rally through the mountains, you know, make sure you stop at this this way this waypoint and take a picture from the, from this vista. Like I just have this really cool idea of you know, and then <clears throat> being able to say you know this is usually a speed trap right here. You got to watch out for this. Watch out for cyclists on this part of the road, and just have like this really great car enthusiast sort of um, resource where I can go and stop at all the coolest little diners and you know the things that everyone does that's part of a car club. But it doesn't really get out to the public too much, and maybe they wanted to keep maybe they want to keep it private. But, but uh, I think in a lot of ways it would be cool from one car person to another to share some of the really great, you know, local roads. So I asked Michael for those indie app developers who are currently in work and looking to make a change in their life, maybe become a solopreneur. What advice could you give us? Well, the number one thing that, and I think the um, the the theme of 2014, at least on my show and and um, on some of the shows of my friends, is coaching. Every any, if you really truly want to become a solopreneur and build a business, get coaching. Get pay someone to help you organize your thoughts, stay on your plan, help you codify what your message is, help your brand. Um, and help you really take through these steps that are necessary to be successful. If you're sitting there, you know, in your basement, doing it on your own, y you will do that forever. If you get a coach and you can spend, like I have a, my, my, my uh, group is only 300 bucks a quarter. So it's really essentially 99 bucks a month. You can spend up to 3000 5000 $10,000 a month on coaching but what you do is you find someone that's successful or is doing what you want to be doing and just ask them if they do private coaching. And if they say yes, then you find out, you know, how much it is and you figure out, okay, I can, I can, you know, I can figure out how to spend 500 bucks a month on this. It's going to accelerate my business 10 X. So I think if I had to leave someone with one lesson, it is, um, th you know, to think about every pro athlete you've ever heard of. And if they, and, and try to think of one that didn't have a coach. So, and, and you, I think you're going to have a really hard time thinking of that. So, um, yeah, I would say try to get a coach. So I mentioned to Michael, the app called clarity, which matches people with talent skill to those who are seeking advice and uh, the people, the experts on the app get paid. And then Michael came up with another app idea. I think there needs to be an app for um, matching uh, podcasters to potential podcast advertisers. And I'm not kidding about that. I'm, I'm being dead serious. I think that's a, because right now it's 
only the biggest companies and they, they you know they require 50,000 downloads per episode but i think there's a lot of smaller companies that would really benefit from advertising on different podcasts cuz they're so laser targeted and um, right now it's almost impossible to connect the two it's it's i have no idea who would want to be on my show or vice versa so that's that's an that's an idea for something so I finish up asking Michael how best we can connect and reach out to him. Uh, the best way is just the website, probably uh, solohour.com. Solohour.com is how you can find me. Or Solo Hour on any of your, whatever your favorite social media devices. Instagram, at Solo Hour. Pinterest, at Solo Hour. Facebook, Solo Hour. So it's all there. You can find me one way or the other. So then it just leaves me to say goodbye to Michael and thank him. And the fact that we would definitely have him back on the show anytime. Cool. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. I appreciate it. So there it is, uh, an episode that is heavily edited, and I'm sorry that we couldn't get you the original recording, and that's my fault, and we really do thank Michael for uh, being able to air this episode with all the glitches that we went through, and so uh, I'd like some feedback on this format, and you know, clearly what the benefit was to this episode is that I didn't do as much talking. <laughs> Did you like that? Did you like to, uh, you know, the style of interview? Do you want me to edit this uh, going forward uh, in a similar way? Just let me know. Get in touch. Uh, send me an email, uh, info at onemob.com, or you can visit me on my website, which is onemob.com, and click the podcast. Thanks very much, and I hope to see you without the glitches in the next episode.